slapping, would you eat your partner? And Melissa steps outside her box. All this and more on today's Brilliant Observations. Do, 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 do. Good morning, Melissa. I'm so excited that you've made it back to the east and best coast. I was worried that you would get stuckety stucksville. You don't think the west coast says best coast? I think they say it. Yeah, I do. (laughs) I do think they say it. They're so Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing better than I've been doing, but I'm still not... Well, <laughs> you are three weeks into an illness your Super son was generous enough to give you for the second time. Well, you know, in fairness, yes, all his all fault to him. He's yes. a sharer. In no, fairness, no. In, in fairness, I had the good pleasure of hanging out with a friend I hadn't seen in a bit. And he was oddly afflicted with sinus fatapatakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakakak
pick up our friend Dave's brother, Dan, or our Dan's friend's brother's Dave something. And she's like about to go to bed wearing her nightie. And she said, sure. So she threw on sweatpants and her nightgown and arrived at the airport and had the feeling of saying to her husband, I don't know where Dan is, but that girl's hair looks a lot like Melissa. And as they pulled up at the curb right next to us, she got out of the car, her mouth agape and did not speak. Now, oh, my God, I fucking love this. (laughs) Now, if you know this friend, the fact that she is not speaking is is has never happened. Never in the history. She's either dead or you're lying. It's one (laughs) or the other. There's no way this is happening. She just stood there unable to reconcile Melissa and Annie are at my airport. They're in my town. And she did that for a good 12 hours. I'm not going to lie. She she had just disbelief. And her husband was kind enough to call her dog walking boss and say, don't put her on the schedule this week. And so we had her all week and it was fantastic. She was shocked. It is wonderful to be able to see your friends in their natural habitat when you haven't in over 20 years. And it was delightful. It was soul feeding to be in the same place and to touch and to hug and to share. Um, the things that were wonderful were were speechlessly wonderful. Go to Oregon. It is the only place in the country that has legalized, decriminalized all drugs. Friends, <laughs> I'm talking cocaine, psilocybin. I'm talking meth. I'm talking heroin. They have legalized, please pause, everything. So um, that was terrifying. Interesting. Sure, that was interesting. I did not partake in any of those things. Just good, so you good know. job. Good job. I don't feel like meth is something you need to fool around with. Yeah. I have a healthy fear. I also happen to have an unhealthy fear. So, but I stepped out of my box and I traveled. And the only bad travel I have to tell you was on the way home. And it was not just terrible. It was terrible, horrible, no good, very bad. It was worse than Alexander's Come day. on. Come on. What? I will first tell you that I tried some new foods. I I went to see waterfalls that were unbelievable. And Amy was with me when I went to an enormous <laughs> warehouse of antiques because... This is going to be her happy place. And I made this friend promise. I made Sarah promise to take you there. I know that when you go visit, you're not doing Portland, Oregon. You're doing Bend. You're doing the the dog races and you're doing the art museums and all the fun stuff on the other side of the mountains. And that's going to be great. I've never done that. So I cannot wait to hear about that. But the one thing on your one day in Portland, you must to must to must to. I have it I have it written in her blood on her arm that you will be going to this antique shop to the point where dear listener I was facetiming Amy from there and she started saying things like hire what's that what's that <laughs> I, I know Amy this is your home now don't get me wrong there was also several glass jars of doll heads and a Ew. glass jar of doll arms and oh, one God. of torsos so I, I don't know what to make of that um Serial C-segment killer vibe. A, legalized <laughs> right. drugs. Yeah, right. no. That's possible. Gross. But I mean, if I had had more time there, you know, you have an estate sale and half of Nana's stuff was taken away. It's it's all in this place. It's really all here. There was a bundle of small spoons that I wanted. Um, I know. I was I was all in. And then the people who ran the shop said, we're closing early for a storm. <laughs> and okay. Sarah said, it's it's Portland. It doesn't storm here. You don't get accumulation. You get like a little something, something. Please, uh, these people out here, because she's from Maryland, don't they don't know what they're doing. They weren't taught how to drive right anyway. It turned out they were correct. The storm that came dumped more snow on Portland than they had seen since World War II. I so, heard this was the second highest accumulation <laughs> In history in Portland. Yeah. 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 So I'm so glad you flew there that day. That's fucking hilarious. 
So that's fucking hilarious. Right. Yes. Ooh, I don't think that's how I was feeling. Uh, our Do friend, tell. <laughs> our friend has a heart monitor on right now. She's had some events where the doctor would like to keep track of her. So she's wearing a, a halter and, and that's great to know what's going on. But I also have my Apple Watch and I know what my resting heart rate is, something I would never normally know. I know what it is. I would like to tell you that 108 is not a normal resting heart rate while you're sitting in the back of a car, unable to get out of town to an airport. So I I think I might need a monitor too. I find this so charming. I mean, really? You really know your heart rate because of your watch and it really was so elevated. Your watch was telling you danger, 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 warning, warning, possible delay at airport. Like what what are you going to do about it? What's your heart going to do about it? Pump harder? I mean, I'm, I'm just explode. I find, it, I find it fascinating. I really do. So, My solution to all these things is to eat through it. So, I mean, we all have our own physiological okay. stupidities. Let's discuss that. Let's discuss that. We, I fly out there, one with a gluten-free girl to meet another gluten-free girl and Ugh, one so meal. sorry. I know. Yeah. One meal we're like, let's just get pizza, right? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I would love as a New Yorker to see Oregon pizza. (laughs) It is my goal to eat pizza all over Uh, the country. Fair. True. We have a contest about it. Yes. This was not it. So they get a pizza that is, you know, some kind of sketchy animal cheese. And um, it, it obviously wasn't goat or I would know it or feta or I would know it. And they put some artichoke on it. They put something else on it. And it's just this pile. Keep in mind, it's that crust that's like matzah but harder it's made of like cauliflower and paste yeah I wish there was cauliflower in it I would have tried it so they ate this they ate this pizza and I heard it from three rooms away as I refilled my water and as they crunched through this awkward crust and then I got a regular pizza because I'm regular and (laughs) or as Delta calls me when flying basic I got a basic pizza (sighs) And I ate probably half of it. And then those four eyes turned to me and they looked at my pizza and they had mm-hmm. the sorrow of the crunch and the sorrow of the taste because there's, I think, had no sauce. If something was awry on the, and I said, would you like some pizza? And before I could finish my question, the two of them were finishing my pizza. And I thought, gluten-free, huh? Was that a good choice? Right. Yes. Have fun shitting yourself. It's worth it. In reality, that's what my husband said. In reality, their issues are like soreness of joints and snot flowing in your head. And I thought, I am willing to exchange that. I'm not willing to exchange shit in yourself, but I will exchange sore joints. I already have that. So bring it on, bitches. I'm going to eat what I want. But that was lovely. And then came the storm, right? So then comes the oh, you have to leave the antique store, but I've only been here 20 minutes and I I need four hours. Like I need the furniture room. I can't travel with furniture, but I need the the gossip chair, that one where you sit one side facing this Mm -hmm. way once and I I need Mm -hmm. all of the things. Nope, hit the road. As we hit the road, there were already cars that were deserted going on main roads they're just deserted cars everywhere because they don't know what to do at all with this situation fine my driver is excellent gets us back to her house the vrbo all the things and it turns out like you said in 80 years they haven't seen weather like this and we only have two plows and they're working at the airport i'll have you know they were not working at the airport. Just oh, my gosh. Go. I didn't know any of this. I actually presumed they get a fair amount of snow. They just don't get volumes this high. I thought they actually knew what to do with it. It's just this would overwhelm anyone. It's like when Maine gets five feet of snow. Do you know how tall your door is? I mean, that's a lot of feet of snow to be able to <laughs> displace anywhere. <laughs> right? So I that's figured that this was just... I just figured this was Portland being like, we give, have fun with us, Mother Nature. No, they really were dopey on top of it. That's frightening because they're high and inept. That might be it. (laughs) That might be it. And it's just nothing they've experienced in 80 years. So this generation is like, wait, what? Wait, what? So the day we're supposed to leave, we don't leave till evening. 
there are no cars on the road because you can't car because it's a sheet of ice and yes. there are people with skis and poles to get places going down the center. <laughs> now, of we're the, the now, we're <laughs> now, now we're in Portland. Now we're in Portland. Now we're in Portland. Now we're in Portland. And they have a dog with them and a special carrier for their coffee. And yes, weed. dog coffee. Yes, and we. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now we're in Portland. This makes you sense. You are ready. Yes. You are ready to go. You are all set and ready. The only so, thing missing is someone on a bicycle trying to ride over the sheet of ice. That's the only thing missing in Portland. I didn't with see With maybe that. like a bird. Yeah. On their shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> An emotional support bird. Is that what you. Some sourdough loaf. This. Put a bird on it. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yes, you are. You have the you have the profile perfecto. You are good to go. Um, so oh. the, the morning we wake up, it's it's prohibitive. I write the VRBO lady. She says, sorry, the cleaning lady is coming. You have to get out. No late checkout for you. Uh, OK, but I have to be out by 11 a.m. I don't have to be to the airport till five. Maybe we should leave earlier. Our travel companion did not get assigned a seat. She panicked. We have to get to the airport earlier. You don't have to tell me twice. They've got good toilets at the airport, and I'm panicked. Oh, my God. Some things – Some uh, okay, I, I'm just going to keep listening. I, my, I'm, I, I'm having a – I'm with okay. you. You're yep. having a what? Yep. They have good toilets at the airport? Really? This Amy. thought – Came into your mouth and head through your brain. I mean, I can't even. Amy, I've, stopped, I I've had a short circuit. I've had a short circuit. I've had a, I can't even describe how much of a short circuit I've had based on this knowledge that this is something. This this is a this is a flow of information that would go through your body. I I I, I okay all right. I'm, I I love you. I love you. This is one of the many reasons that I love you. This joy and dumbfoundedness over what is that? Okay. All right, I'm back. I'm back to you. It's just, it shocks me. Yeah, I <laughs> took a tour of waterfalls while I was there, which was just so incredible. I, you don't understand when they're like, everybody's conversation was, oh, I did this four-day hike. I did this three-day hike. Oh, you have to try this hike. <laughs> and I thought, who the fuck do you think you're talking to? That is the literal polar opposite of what, I am planning to do on this trip. Correct. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you there. Yeah. Super yeah. soft, comfy place to land. Some drugs and cards and friends and all the foods. And show me your main street. Show me your, I don't know what else we saw. We tried. I mean, we had all kinds of different foods and it was delicious. And it was like, that's my travel. Not lift, hike, go. I have ridden Peloton over two and a half years and when I had to travel two separate planes back home to Philadelphia, I thought I was going to die. Really? I went ahead and I got, I, like I said, Delta marked me as basic. I got on the, I was the very last human on the plane. Very last, oh, which no. means, do you have room for my carry on bag in overhead? <clears throat> so immediately my stomach's churning. There are two heavy bags that I can't leave with a stranger. I have to take them to the toilet with me. It was horrible. Followed by, I finally get on, I sit down, and we sit for one hour as they try to de-ice things in Portland to get to Salt Lake City, I'm s I, I, where I'm I have a connection in okay. one hour and 12 minutes. I feel like I need to keep notes on all my confusion. One hour and 12 minutes between the flights. And I sat on the tarmac for one hour in Portland, which means for those You're of you cold. keeping yeah. track at home, I have 12 minutes to from seat 33 on the plane, deplane and get to the next gate, wherever that is that I need to get to and onto the next oh, plane to get to stressful. Philadelphia. I'm filled with stress for you. Man. Everybody around me said, my plane's boarding as we pulled in. My plane's boarding already. My plane left already. Families going to Disney <laughs> with, with four children and ears on in the plane missed their flights. It, it's a hot mess. And I don't care about them. I care about me. I want my bed. I want my toilet. I want my dogs, my soft, friendly dogs. Look, the woman I visited had a dog who is not warm, fluffy, and friendly. He's a good boy. He's really well-trained. And if you could sneak in a butt scratch and you're not mommy, you're a lucky girl. So it's very different than my experience. 
everything was very different than my experiences. And that should make me grow that's and life. learn. Right. That's exactly. Life. That's, that's, that's why that's the you travel. Joy of life. Amen to you. So I don't care about these people. And I started, I'm like, you know what? Self-advocate. You tell your kids all the time. I'm like, to other people pointing in their face, did your flight leave already? Did your flight leave already? Did your flight? And some people let us go. I get off the plane with like the large Vera Bradley weekender duffel thing. So I've hit more people in the head on a plane with oh, that yes. bag that has rested on the floor of several bathrooms. <laughs> oh my God. And I made it off the plane. I'm running, sort of. When you travel in airports, as you do when you are shopping on Black Friday, you are wearing a coat in a mall. You are wearing all of your layers. I am sweating. My heart is racing. I'm trying to run from plane to plane. And I don't know. Is it to the left? Is it to the right? I take a chance. I go to the left. I'm never correct. This was correct. So a a woman yells, Philly. And all of a sudden, my mouth goes, I, I'm waving my arms, and I yell, Philly! And that's the last thing I could say. <laughs> because <E-A-G-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F-E-F
I can't talk because there's no, can, can you put, can you overhead this for me? Can you? And he said, what's your seat? I said, 26E. And he walks there, does not take the bag from me. I'll show you to your seat. I don't need to be shown to my seat. I'm a grown ass woman who can count to 26 and knows the at least beginning of the alphabet better than most. So I walk past, I don't know, first class, the next five rows, smacking everybody in the head with the toilet bag. Right. And a woman, flight attendant, says to me, can I take that bag for you? Now I know why I'm crying. She puts it overhead by my, near my seat, and I look her deadpan in the face with my mask still on, and I said, I love you so much. And she, <laughs> she just smiled, and like the seriousness of her face just like calmed down, and she felt better, and she put it away. I fell into my seat. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm crying. Um, my hands are shaking faster than, I don't know, Parkinson's syndrome has affected oh my, my father's legs. And I, I'm a fucking mess, crying, shaking. And the girl next to me is like, you good? <laughs> like, do I look good? I, I now know everything you want to know about her because I was in such a heightened state of everything. I made it onto my flight, right? So happy. This Anything can happen now. Anything can happen now. And I hear, oh. <laughs> and I said, fine, shit yourself. I don't even care anymore. That there is, you go. Now I, you're traveling. I love a it. Four hour flight home, sitting in my own filth. I'm fine with it. I'll even Always explode wear brown that pants. toilet. That's right. You're set. Let's hit it. You travel Perfect. in white pants. I do not know what you are talking uh, about. You I are a don't crackhead. Care <laughs> okay. If I shit myself. <laughs> part of the fun the pilot then gets on and says we will be arriving one hour early <laughs> okay so with which upset no one ever except for melissa whose husband is waking up at 5 a.m to do to her drive. a huge favor to drive right. there an hour later and get her and now i'll be in at 5 a.m <laughs> That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I will wait in the Philadelphia airport for one hour. I haven't slept in, the in toilet three right. days. I haven't slept, but that is fine by me. I made it home. Once I was on that plane, I didn't care what happened. You know, anything could happen. But that span from gate to gate, I can't. I don't know how people do this. How do people live like this? This is one shot for me. People do this all the time. They travel for a living. They miss flights. They live hotel lives. They just, how, how, how do you do it? Can you even imagine everything that you just had, but you also have to tote all the technology that you need for work. So that's your laptop. That's probably your iPad, etc. And <laughs> in all your spare moments, you're fulfilling deadlines that need to that are more time sensitive than getting on the plane. So as you're running from the one delayed to the other, you're going to give me diarrhea again. You're conducting an interview. You are on an international call with people in a different time zone. You are uploading files that somehow weren't accepted by the FTP site and have to be uploaded again. You have to access something on the laptop that you have a sent copy in your phone, but somehow that's not big enough because the attachment got fucked up. So you have to go back to the native files. So you have to open I'm getting your laptop hives. You're killing while me. the woman is yelling, can't you run Philly? Can't you run? Yeah. You're doing it while you're walking down the fucking, hitting people with your Vera bag, opening your laptop in your hands so you can type keystrokes just to get the shit sent before they turn off the Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I don't know how you do that. Is. I just lost hair. <laughs> I just lost a, a molting listening I to did that, that on top of I did that while pregnant. I did that while pregnant. And I finally had to, I just called human resources. I finally gave up. And it probably was one of the reasons that my career took a huge turn because I called human resources and said, I'm not comfortable going through another electromagnetic security gate four times in a day, three days a week, in addition to being in the air with my unborn baby. Just not, I don't know what that's all about. I don't, I don't think this can be good. This is too frequent. I'm not getting any sleep, all the rest of it. No, I, I told you the story. I sat on the plane pregnant, crying my eyes out in that same state. And the poor guy next to me is like, I don't know what's going on in your life, but I, I just want to say I support you. <laughs> I got your back. Do like, you need a my, cookie? It's just my job. It's just my job. <laughs> yeah. So let me it's, get you a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so the good news is the good news is you did great. And the universe supported you all the way. 
by giving you just a little bit of urgency to keep you vibrant and get a healthy glow. And now you're home on time, right? You didn't get stuck and trapped in the wrong airport on the wrong coast. As we're you made pulling it all the way. On How did our fair friend make it? Because she had to fly from, you know, one pole to the other effectively in terms of snow cap. She, she was hilarious. She flew from... Oregon to she went right from Portland to Seattle and like you could have driven there in less time and then to Boston and then drove from Boston to me it was a hot mess for her she made it home after I did like an hour and a half after I did but she was already through her first flight and waiting for the next flight while I was still sitting in Portland shitting my pants thinking why is everybody getting on this plane but me how can I put this bag how can I check it to my next location when I don't even know if I'm making my next location? Am I ever going to see my sneakers again? Like what? Oh my God, save me. But everything worked out. Everything was fantastic. I found it so interesting, the weed situation in Oregon. You can drive by in a sealed car, a dispensary, and then you're permeated with it. It's everywhere, not just the smell of it. It's just I felt a little gross from it after a while. Like I want to it's, be. It's in. It's kind of like being in Kennett Square. I'm guessing. I'm saying this in the form of a question. Is it mushrooms? like being in Kennett Square, where you get out of the car or even sit in the car with the windows rolled up and everything smells of compost because they are the mushroom yes. capital of the world? Really, yeah. culinary mushrooms, and they are they are a delight. The mushrooms they grow are are the best that you can possibly get. But the entire city. And it's whatever township. The entire town smells like poop, and you smell like poop. I mean, it's a strong poop smell. It's worse right, than which going is why to the mushrooms, nursery. right? Which is why the mushrooms are yeah. so yeah fly. But so you're saying that the air is scented with that weed dank all over you, whether you the weed air, it or not. Our friends, <laughs> everything there is is wow. is del- where know. I didn't smell it was nature. Where I didn't smell it was when we went for our out of town ish, but in town like. The waterfalls. That's when the air was clear, covered in moss. It was raining on us. Portland, it rains a lot. Rubber shoes. We'll discuss things you need to bring with you. Your bean boots that you only wear twice a year. Super unprepared. Yep, I'm super unprepared. Um, So unprepared. So that was a fantastic (laughs) trip. There are probably more stories that will come up for you, with you, near you. But that's, that's more than enough of Portland. The thing that I am clinging to that erodes and erases any whiff of jealousy that may have arisen from some of the best people on the planet being on the same dot on the planet simultaneously is my now vision of Sarah's face. Yeah. Agape. Stuart said, I in don't the think dark, I weird parking lot, drive past, whatever it's called. In her nighty. Just, just <laughs> looking, looking, looking at the scene that she can't connect and also, she's feeling it, but she can't even identify it because it's, how did I get so lucky? Oh, my God. I love it. I love Nothing. It. She had it. no words, which never happens to this girl. So then I look and I see that your husband posts that you're going to see one of my favorite, favorite, favorite shows of all time. One we our did. family, our we kids did. have seen multiple times, but you have been screwed over by this show and COVID. For years and years, you had tickets, canceled tickets, canceled tickets. And finally, the Fugazis went to see Book of Mormon last night. It's weird how we would miss a few shows that are so pivotal to so many people. Case in point. And this one's going to be dumb before I tell you about Book of Mormon. I've never seen Cats. Because because in the beginning, it was too wildly popular. And then it was a joke. So you don't go when everybody could go. And then it was like, why on earth? And then it's the then it's even worse than it's campy. And it's like, let's go see it again and laugh and see no, how it held up. It's awful. I didn't do I didn't do any of these things. And then I thought, you know what? I have to just pop this cherry. I'm going. The Broadway touring company, they picked fucking cats. Are you kidding? Well, whatever. So we didn't actually sell our tickets to that show and said, Let's go. Let's go see it. And my husband's let's like, get You're, high gonna make, first. <laughs> You're gonna make me see this. And I'm like, I feel like well, it's got two songs that I really like and I don't know. I've never seen. It's like seeing, saying I've never seen The Lion King. At a certain point, it's like you. My husband has never seen E.T. Like there's things that you need to just do in life. Yes, it's true. What and now did he's. You just say? I said it, and he's old enough now that he won't see it. And now it becomes this thing 
where you know people who've never seen Star Wars and you just don't like them and cut them out of your life. He's never seen E.T. and now he won't see it because he's never seen it. Okay. So he has to like live this lie of, you know. This is a phenomenon before you before you cast yes, yes, you, me. Yes, you're my point. No, your point. That's the point I'm making this about cats. This is a phenomenon. And we ended up not seeing cats because we fucking forgot that we had the ticket. <laughs> After all that time. That's like a but All that time. We were like having a cocktail. We're like, what should we do tonight? We're like, fuck. We're supposed <laughs> to be at the theater right now. <laughs> Just so you know. So the universe does not want us to see cats or anyone else. Just so you know, there's no loss there. (laughs) Dear listener, here's your topic for this week. I have two for you. One, what movies has everybody seen and hyped up in such a way that you're like, go fuck yourself. I'm not seeing it. And now it's either way too late or you think it's way too late or whatever. Write us at brilliantobservations at gmail.com and let us know. Also find us on socials at Listen Brilliant. Go to Facebook, Brilliant Observations or Brill Ob Squad. Tell us, for me, it was was Pulp Fiction. I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see it. I wouldn't see it. They're like, but Eric Stoltz is in it and you worship him. And I said, people made it too big of a deal, too big of a thing. Go fuck yourselves. It can't possibly be as good as you've made it. And I put it off and off and off and off and off. Um, the other one was almost famous for me. Didn't see it. Didn't see it. It was like the second coming for people. And I just, I don't know. I had this thing up my ass. I was not going to see it. Did you see either one of them or have you held out on both? I have seen Pulp Fiction. It was excellent. I'm glad. My guess would have been that Pulp Fiction won't hold up. I, I feel like tw- we're 20 years in, right? We're 20 years in on Pulp Fiction At as least. a guess yeah, off the top yeah. of my head. Sure. I feel like to watch it today, it won't hold up. There was so much about it that was, and here's why I say this. Culturally. No, it was transformative. It was transformative in the way that The Matrix was transformative to cinematography, to storytelling. That's, Pulp Fiction had all of that. If you watch it just from a movie making, from just from an entertainment standpoint, yeah, it's going to be, okay, I get it. Uh, I'm, I'm glad I saw it. But at the time, part of the hype was Truman Show hype. This is something that ha- is being done in a new way, in a transformative way, that lots of things are now based on because of. Right. So that one, and Almost Famous, is so locked in time that I feel like it would hold up because it it completely envelops you. It's telling a story that's locked in the time and place of that story. It's a period piece. But in any event, I'm glad it held up. I didn't think it would. I want to know, dear, we want to know, dear listener, because Amy wants to know too. She wants to know that's when right. I tell her. But I want but all the things. Write yeah. us and tell us what have you protested movie-wise that everybody overhyped. Um, cats, nobody overhyped because it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> so that's right. okay to miss that. Now skip Book of Mormon. So I love the idea of it. I have wanted to see it. It was one of those pinnacle shows that I was like, got to, got to, got to, got to, got to. And then it just never really happened. So the fact that it came around and came to our town. Again and again. I went out of my way to not, and this was difficult to do, to not have any advanced knowledge. So outside of knowing it's about Mormons and I have encountered Mormons on my doorstep more than once in more than one city. So I know about them ringing a doorbell and I know what they do when they talk to you at the doorstep. I also worked with a Mormon who was a delightful woman and she was, uh, she was way up in it. She would like get married for people and do all that stuff. So all the Mormony things. So I have kind of a fair bit of knowledge about Mormonism anyway, but nothing about this show when in totally cold, I was stunned to see which direction the plot went. It was hilarious and there it centers on two mormon characters one of whom is the you know the promised shining star very uptight the other is basically the wubbly flubbly never gonna make it loser kid who oh my gosh let's let's just let's let's um pass him instead of fail him so he's no longer in our grade kind of kid okay the guy who played him, I don't know if he's supposed to be chunky or fat or goofy or whatever. He was definitely chunky and fat and goofy and pants up to his neck and the whole thing. He looked ridiculous next to the Adonis he was paired with. And the best part of this entire show is that this goofy-headed, roll I mean, 300-pound, curly-haired, bespectacled, floppy, goofy, most beautiful tenor voice you've ever heard in your life, overly expressive, humping everything like a dog, young man. This was his first ever show. Are you kidding? 
I'm not. In the program, he said, I am thrilled. And it was in all caps with five exclamation points to be making my theatrical debut in the national tour of Book of Mormon. Thank you, mommy, daddy, husband, lover, all the things. And yippee yappy, I just graduated from Maymount, Manhattan, theater. Marymount, yeah. District of who cares, whatever. Acting, Oh my God. Oh, So we got to see someone who we'll see again. Because this man, he made it. He, he got more applause than the straight-up tight dude who, frankly, has all of the scenes stealing everything. But this other guy, it, it was just a joy. So the it's wildly, wildly irreverent. And by that, I mean it crosses over into very uncomfortable territory because it's written by the guys of South Park, if you don't know, and it does two things. It pokes complete uproarious mockery fun at this particular religion and almost all religions at the same time, particularly anything based in Christianity. It's super, super borders on the offensive in its attempts to do that. And then it brings up things that are simply on the bald face of them, facts of this specific religion and cites the fact of the religion, and that gets a laugh. Because it's ridiculous, so, right? So, it, so, so it's written in such a way where they would make up things like the founding patriarch of our faith fucked a frog, and everyone is like, oh, that's so ridiculous. And then they'll cite a couple of the things that are the founding patriarch of Mormonism is that's what they all believe. And then everyone's still laughing. And we're like, oh, wait, that's not fucking a frog. That's your religion. Wait, okay. he fucked a frog so in his magic underpants with the okay. golden tablets that were okay. buried in the Midwest. Wait, what? The, the show itself, <laughs> the show itself, the show itself, the show itself, the show itself is so fucking good. And it really doesn't have anything to do with South Park in the sense that if you feel like South Park is not your cup of tea, I feel like you can get your head around it, even if you are a person of faith. Because in the end, it's really just an exam. If you want to overthink it, it's just an examination of what is the role of faith? What is the role of religion in our lives? And they do it in such a great way where the whole time you're thinking about it, it's like, yeah, there's a lot of shit in the world that's terrible that can't be fixed by this. And there's a lot of shit in the world that's terrible that can be. And it was just it was just a fucking fucking delight. And we the people who were sitting next to us left which was great for me. They left at halftime because then I was like, okay, now I get more room to spread out. And I mean, I left at halftime at Jagged Little Pill because that show was terrible and not worth my time and poorly executed. So anyway, oh, you're I, making a face. I didn't know that about Jagged Little Pill. But Book of Mormon, I so saw with my children when they were 10 and 11. <laughs> I don't. That's, there's, a, there's a lot of butt fucking. Yeah, there like, is. And there's a lot of vulgarity in it. Yeah. So that's a that's a heavy conversation. There's a there's a fuck you God song in there, which the entire is the chorus of the song is fuck you God joyful yeah. and beautiful and fantastic until you realize what they're saying. And I, I don't know. <laughs> we loved it and they wanted to see it again. And of I can't course. imagine why this was this was 30 seconds at the counter for two hours. Yes. Oh this my was God, I just got hives when you said 30 seconds <laughs> at the counter. They know too much now. They know too much. <laughs> I can't risk it. I just can't risk it. It was a joy. So I and here's the here's the name of the tune. My husband had everything that I'm saying he would give a big yes to. But then on top of it all, he also has the yes of we have some very outwardly pious neighbors who um, are also staunch supporters of the Republican Party. And they made a big statement about how offensive this show was and that it was obscene and that it was really problematic. And, you know, it's like, well, then why did you go to it? So I got to say mad props for going. But at the same time, he my husband just takes this kind of skip through the garden delight at watching all the Facebook <laughs> posts that they're doing and then what he's doing. And I'm like, why do you even care? I mean, I, I genuinely have zero interest or fascination in what anybody else has to say about it. So I don't I don't care about that but he's he's sort of like eating the popcorn watching what's going on which is kind of why I love the neighbor it. is doing it I love so it so it's this great symbiotic relationship of of like oh my god did you see did you say oh my god did you see did you say and they, they cross comment on each sure other's did posts. I loved it <laughs> <laughs> sure did it was the best Who part was this fucking time okay so if you have the chance my my uh, final thought here if you have the chance to see live performance of any kind music Spoken word, poetry, drama, fiction. I'm about to ruin it for you. Sports. 
go. That's not live performance. That's a sports. That's sports a live performance. live performance. No, it's not. They're it's not, not performing. No, they're not. Their performing. competition is not a performance. No, it's not performance because they're not doing something that they have planned to do that day in advance. Oh, I think they have. No, it's it's not. Dance is athletics and dance is not sport. You have rehearsed this. This is a piece that you are performing. This is a. I think this all is the plays and screens, and because you put on the board that you fucking hate basketball. Now you are. I am so sick of basketball. I cannot be any more sick of basketball. And the only reason I even put it on the board because no one cares about basketball except for you. I Melissa. love basketball. <laughs> it's I watched, the only reason I put it on the board. I, I mean, watched Pitt beat Syracuse. We've been Syracuse fans since my husband went to medical school there. Die hard. Now my kid goes to Pitt. I watched a Pitt Syracuse game last night that had me standing up and screaming and I am exhausted from travel and I was Who, so what, excited. What human woman would turn on woman. a sport event without a man with you to watch it? I mean, that's like I volunteer it, as tribute. It was is fantastic to watch fucking. I don't even know what it's called anymore. Bridgerton. No, I'm lucky if he sits through half an episode with me just because I'm getting a little saucy. Hey, hey. I'm just here to say. Religiously, I've been watching the Sixers. I've been watching Pitt. No, I'm so excited. No, once no. you know the players, once you care, once you see it, like it's it's fantastic. It's great. I love it. And so sorry to tell you, they're all coming to your town for the ACC. They always fucking come to my town. Yeah. I actually took notes on this. I don't know if you saw because I wanted to be able to tell you. Here, I'm going to open up these notes. So I apologize. I'm never, uh, I'm never the person to read notes while we talk. Okay. So here I'm going to put on my tourism hat for just a second. Greensboro is known as Jeansboro for our strong textile presence, home of Wrangler Lee, etc. So did you also know that Greensboro is known as Tournament Town? It is. If you've ever flown to Greensboro, our entire airport is covered with signs that say, welcome to Tournament Town, welcome to ACC, all this other shit's ridiculous. Because Greensboro was the ACC headquarters for 69 years until 2022. 69! When they unceremoniously left and went to Charlotte because they're little bitches. But we still have hosted more ACC tournaments in Greensboro than anywhere else ever. Ever, 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 ever. We have hosted 28 ACC men's basketball tournaments and 22 women's basketball tournaments. And despite losing the headquarters here, we're hosting ACC tournament in March again here because they can't get enough of us and we're great. So March Madness is fucking up the street a fucking again. I'm so sick of it. I love it. I'm, I'm so, so sick jealous. Of it. No, I, I like us for having furniture market. I like <laughs> us for having, you know, Good design things. I like all these things. Oh, my God. I like us. You have a yeah. glass, an optical place where you got your glasses and your husband got his mate on Elm. On Elm. It's I, wonderful. I get them on Facebook now, and I love their shit. I kind of want Becky is spectacular. But I want to tell you more about basketball because there's two things going on here. All of that, yeah, yeah, I'm fucking sick of it. Because my high, kid's high school, my kid's entire school, but the high school in particular is a, you know, because it's a, whatever, pre-K all the way through high school, the, the entity of it, is a basketball school. So we, even last night, won the state championship. So we're having to watch the simulcast of the state championship game while we're getting ready to go to the, to go to the theater because if we didn't have theater tickets, we'd be in the crowd at the fucking state basketball game. I'm so, why? Not, why? Why it. do I have to go to these things? And everybody went, fucking crazy and lost their shit and it was actually that was a nail-biter horrible exciting game it came down to one point in the last uh 17 seconds oh my god and you don't big, like basketball that's amazing no, that got that's... me that got me hopped up and that made me nervous and because we were leading and then we were behind and then we caught up and then we were ahead and then we were tied for the past four minutes and then it was back and forth and back and forth and people kept throwing the shot and it would hit the rim and bounce out it was like a bad hollywood movie where you're like oh my god but it has to work out for us yeah so and then it was like game winning shot and the world went insane and still and you hate it that's amazing court. exciting no it's... i love the storytelling but do i have to watch a whole season of this shit people throwing well it's not always that exciting ball? and they play every fucking day so you can come in every other if you want and but see that's the other thing it's i am so saturated with this shit 
prior to watching our high school simulcast of that basketball game, I watched Syracuse play, I want to say, North Carolina in lacrosse. And prior to that, I watched Yale play Providence in lacrosse. And prior to that, I watched Michigan play Penn State in hockey. And prior to that, I could list you nine games. So it's And they don't even last the whole time. It's like being in a fucking control room at ESPN in my house. They're constantly shifting. For, they're anywhere you go, in any TV, six TVs in this house, and they're always trained to some idiotic sport that we don't have any skin in the game. I'm sick of it. It's too much sport. I don't want any more sports. So I, have, I don't want any more. I have a dog who only says in his head, you know how you voice for your dog? My dog says constantly, food, 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 food. In your house, all the men just say, sport, sport, I'm so sport, sick of sport. it. And all they want to do, they'll be like, hey, what's next meal option? While watching sport. At, right. Sport and food. I have two. Well, I have two chops. Yeah. So I don't have any problem cooking for folks. I like to cook and they love to eat it. So it's, you know, it's wonderful. Everybody's happy. But here's the problem. If I say you've just eaten or I'm not messing up the kitchen again, they're like, okay. And they take out a phone and fucking call something that arrives at the house that I get billed for. Right. That's legit. Right. The middle child, while we were out with friends earlier in the week, my husband looks down at his phone and he's like, oh, I guess middle child's on the move. And I'm like, how so? Because we don't track them in such a way where we get alerts when they move. We don't do that Life 360 thing. We just do find my phone. He goes, oh, because I just got a bill for Uber. I guess he's he's sending himself somewhere because he's getting the tires replaced on his car. So he just took it upon himself to take an Uber to whatever party he wanted to go to. And I'm like, how about ask mom and dad if you can go out? And then the second one is ask them if you can uh, pay for an Uber or be in an Uber since it's illegal for you to be in an Uber at the age you are. I just, these kids, these fucking kids. And if you turn off their money, they'll just go out and rob a bank and do it anyway. <laughs> so you can't stop them. I mean, I should be grateful that they self-advocate, but I'm also like, what the fuck are you? Can you? Would you ever? We've done never, this before. Never. Would you ever have been this ball? No, never. It's generational. Never, never, never. I get, um, I get the Instacart because they use our Instacart. So wherever they are at school, if they order stuff, I get the bill. But I also get the thank you for your order announcement. So you can add things to their order, <laughs> <laughs> or or subtract or subtract yeah. them. Condoms to the boys, and you can subtract. Yeah, them. you can say never mind. I changed my mind on this and get rid of things. But I would never do that. But I did add cinnamon rolls to my daughter's order. <laughs> she was, she's like, I didn't order these. I swear. I'm like, I, I did for you. You're welcome. Like what? That's so charming and sweet. While I was away, I did discover many circumstances, and I, I want to know if you have these. I put it on the board with examples too, so you could come somewhat prepared for. Are there times when you are things that you are time pressured to do when all eyes are on you and you have to hurry, like me running to that gate or when your time pressure is the worst, when you're yep. paying for something and you just finished and you have to put your money away or something <laughs> back in your wallet when the next person's already ringing up their things and there's a, there's like a panicky pressure, whether it's at Starbucks or at Target, wherever it is, or Putting your luggage in the overhead compartment on a plane when everybody's like, would you just fucking hurry up already? I just want to get to. Do you have situations like that? Because I discovered a couple of extra ones on this trip. Oh, and, my goodness. And they're gross. Like the I tried to get into my phone to find my insurance and somebody was waiting for a, a policy number or so. The pressure of it makes it worse. The I all of a sudden my face without a mask won't scan because I can't get in. And what's the code? All of those things. Have do you have any of those that freak you out? Well, the ones that really would freak me out, I'm so aware of the trauma they would create. Yeah. If I ever were to fail, I over prepare. Like and what? That's ordering a cheesesteak in line at Pat's. Like there's no chance oh, okay. that I'm gonna fuck that up. There's no chance. Because I also actively yell at other people who fuck it up. Like, that's part of, I, I don't yell at people. I really don't. But when I'm in line at Pat's, I'm waiting for you to mess up so I can yell at you. I feel like it's a civic duty. And it's a joyful one. In Philly so, it is, yeah. In Philly it is. So I, I'm going to get the cheesesteak order right. and I'm not going to delay the line and I'm going to be ready, right? Pooping is another one that really, um, that one I'm not prepared for. But um, 
Like I'm, I'm never I, prepared for that one. No, but I want it to happen faster. Like I never want people, if you go to the bathroom, I don't want it to take a long time. So I always get stressed out because I don't want to shortchange what I'm doing in there. I need everything to be thorough and correct. But at the same time, I don't want, I just don't want to get stuck in there. I don't want people thinking I'm, I'm not going to be that person. And I poop a lot. So I feel like most of the time when I'm pooping, people think I'm peeing because it's that quick. Really? In there, Mine's I, yeah, the exact in, yeah. opposite. When I, you, if I do like a stealth poop. So when I go in there and I'm done, I would have to tell you that I pooped because it takes about as long as most people take to pee. And I like that. And if it starts inching longer for any reason, I get really hivey and really upset. And I will shortchange myself because I'm not fucking doing that. Taking more than one bag when I'm traveling. Like these are the things that make me, but that's not a time pressure. That's just I'm insane. And I get really upset when I have to take more than one bag. I don't know. Uh, parking? I don't care. Ooh, parallel parking. If I'm going to, yeah, parallel parking that's when people a good are watching. One. But it's not necessarily time pressure. It's eyes. It, it's because at a certain point, I'll abandon the space. I'll just fucking leave and go around the block again. Or I will park in the street. I will double park and wave you around. Because I'm like, I'm not doing this with you watching. So you can leave or we can stalemate this oh, you're, until. This is your yeah. workaround of it. Yeah. 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 Those are some. I hate that feeling. And I feel like when traveling, that's all it is, is that feeling of it's your turn. It's would you go like a whole it's a whole pressure thing. That's the other thing I want to hear from you. Movies that you have not seen in a bizarre nobody gives a fuck protest. And what are those things where it's all eyes on you? There's pressure. It's something that is nothing that you could easily do if nobody were there. And even if when you do do it, she said doo-doo. Even when it does happen correctly, you look around for a high five and there is no one to high five you. Did anybody well, you're, see that? you're talking about two different things in fairness because the pressure of someone watching you do something like a golf putt, that's not time sensitive. So there's time pressure of you're taking too long to do this thing. We're it's moving distinct, on, right? It's a distinct kind of craziness. Panic. That will fuck you up and you'll in invariably take longer right. than if I didn't have, like, uh, the only reason I'm getting fucked up is because of the timing on let me just one. Let me just put my thing away. I, I, I'm, I'm coming. I just, right. need to, I just need to. That's the right. worst. It's the worst. I'm, I hate that I shit. try to lead with patience. I did a patience meditation in the Philadelphia wow. airport for I'm 10 so minutes happy. and, like, feel the discomfort. And I thought, <clears throat> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to. Why feel is that the part of the meditation? Be feel the discomfort because what? you have to work on patience. There's there's a discomfort, and instead of raging at it, you have to breathe through it and feel it and know that it's not going to break or kill you. And that's that's that was another theme of I think my week was: Is this? Am I going to die? Is anyone going to die from this uncomfortable situation? No. Well, then it's a little less uncomfortable. There's nothing at risk here. And that's not something I'm used to doing in my, on my travel home, I wore a t-shirt that said homebody. And on top of that t-shirt that said homebody, I wore a sweatshirt that said indoorsy. So these are not situations <laughs> that homebody indoorsy ever has to really encounter on the day-to-day -day basis. So it was a outside my box in the best and worst so ways. Proud. And so proud. If anything, I'm even more excited for your trip. Do mm -hmm. you have direct flights? No, it's not possible. Yeah, it wasn't it's possible not, for me it's either. Not possible. Why? They're they're a small regional airport, so it 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 isn't possible unless you're flying from a regional airport around them. Get off the plane, gather everybody up, immediately pile into the car, drive you know three four hours to the other side vacation house, and then do all the jump in the river, plunge in the river in the ice cold, all the crazy, right, make the face. Yeah, I don't That's know why I'm doing all me. this. That's <clears> not for me. That's not for me. Well, this whole, anyway, so we're going to do all that. And then, you know, that's a whirlwind two and a half, three days. And then on the last day, I've saved a day and I'm flying out on these ridiculously late flights. So that whole day will be uh, Portland shopping and Portland yes. birding and Portland pizza-ing and all the Portland, 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 Portland-ing. Don't you know. get the gluten-free pizza, number one. <laughs> As if you need to say. Number yes. two, I told her, must go to antique shop. It's a must, must, must. You will love it. I did see when I came home or before I left something. There was a competition while watching ESPN. It was a slapping, like it was a sport. 
slapping. Do you know of this? I, I don't, but even as you say it, I feel like I saw it last year. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a, um, an offshoot of the whole arm wrestling thing. I feel Very like similar community yeah. to the, yeah. po- but what they do is they videotape it in slow motion to watch the face <laughs> and all of its ripples as it takes the punch, as it takes the open hand slap. And I couldn't watch it. I, I, I had to look to away it. after I saw what it really was like from the slap and then the slow motion and then the ripple <laughs> of the face and then, then watching them fall to the ground and the eyeball focus that took a good 15 seconds to regain stability. This is instant brain damage. Why is this a thing that's okay? Arm wrestling doesn't give you brain damage. You know I have trouble with football, and there's at least strategy in football. This is literally smacking the case that holds the brain in football, you could have a TBI. In slapping, you are guaranteed a traumatic brain injury. This is just where you're going, where you're headed, full speed ahead. Why is this allowed? I, I don't know. I think we have to ask the Kiwis in, in the New Zealand area of the world whose cultural thing is they want to headbutt everybody. And they repeatedly, that's their sign of masculinity. They do these as hard as you possibly can. Headbutt, headbutt, headbutt. And one of the actors who was in one of the Lord of the Rings, I'm, none of that matters, but you're getting an, an image. Uh, oh, it's Viggo Mortensen. Okay. So as a sign of true respect for him, <clears throat> the entire tribe wanted to bless him with this ceremony. And so there's a video of like, seven maybe it was like 10 or 12 guys it was too many guys all giving them giving him back to 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 back their hardest headbutts to the same place on his head and the welt that appeared immediately and his he couldn't see like it was just and he talks about it after like yeah, I, I don't think I ever want to do that again, but I'm very grateful for the, you know, this was like the high, like it's going to some culture where they eat it's razor blades. Like, I don't know what prize. to tell you. It's their Pulitzer Prize. Of- it was, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, guys, it, how is this survival of the fittest? Because you're killing yourselves with your survival test. Like you could survive more of you if you don't actively try to thin the herd. I don't know about the slapping test. I don't want to be slapped. I, how do you? How do you practice? They are for slapping competition. Men. They are monster men. Why do you think this is a safe practice? How do physicians allow this to happen? I, I don't understand. Oh, nobody cares about physicians. You've been to Portland where they legalized meth. Come on, they did legalize meth. Oh, here's something interesting in Portland. There are more homeless people that I've seen there than, and I'm a New Yorker. That's, that makes me sad. Than anywhere else in the world, and it was horrible like it was horrible and here's what I learned they came up with anti-homeless landscaping to be a deterrent to the homeless camping out everywhere encampments are everywhere but sure then there are these boulders that have peaks that are violently sharp on top and I said "Ooh, I would hate to fall from anywhere that building that height onto that and she said that's actually why they're there. They're anti-homeless landscaping. And I thought, wow, you guys know you have a problem. And in lieu of coming up with a plan for no-income housing, you chose to make deterrence for don't stop here, keep moving. So I thought that was fascinating. Everybody could get high, but not everybody could live high. Free, Live free or die. Oh, that's the other coast. I don't know, man. It's so it's so confusing. It's such a mixed bag when you're dealing with the with the with what do they say, the uh, the unhoused. Yep, the community. unhoused population. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the the reality is, at what point is van life? At what point is camping? At what point is it a choice? And at what point is it a societal breakdown? So I mean, there's that's like the whole bigger bigger things of. Frankly, we'll just stick with the one you've mentioned. I don't think it's great that they've legalized meth. If that really is true, heroin. Yeah, I don't know if you're doing it. I don't know if you're doing cocaine. it just for show fun, but no, heroin, cocaine. Are you out of your mind? I don't actually love that pot and all of its forms has been I do. deregulated, legalized. But at the same time, um, and the reason for that is, I think a lot of people can get themselves into trouble with it in the same way that people can get into trouble with alcohol. I I like a little regulation with my you know horrible adult habit. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. Having said all that. I don't know that there's recreational meth. I don't know that there's, there's any no good thing that can that, come right. from it. 
I, I don't know that it's about social stigma that we're trying to protect meth users that we need to give them the freedom. Like I don't I don't classify heroin and meth as and as a okay right. in the in the usey usey drugs area, and it's just stunning to me. So that comes down to folks who are living out of doors, right? You know, it's crazy. I and I've stumbled into TikTok. I love my TikTok. I somehow am on van life TikTok. So I'm constantly seeing places. Now I know all the great places to park. I know how people poop, which I don't care to know. Dig a hole. But they they tell me they say where they show shower, me this stuff. right? Where they shower because you the get things. a free ticket if you fill your van and you get the ticket for. I used to be in that one. If we ever broke up, I'll never be sad because I hear that's oh, riff all the times on my TikTok <laughs> every single time. Yeah. Um, so just so you know, event. Oregon is ranked first in the country for pain relief misuse, second in the country for meth yeah. misuse, fourth in the country yeah. for cocaine and alcohol misuse. They're right. hoping they're the 48th. They're the 48th in access to treatment. So they're hoping that the I'm assuming the taxes that they gather in having made this legal, they can reallocate to that money can be allocated to. Um, addiction and to home and to housing. Okay, I I amen to amen to taxing it, tax it all day long. So I will but say, it's not good. I, yeah. I will say in Portland, the homeless encampments that I've seen have nicer tents and equipment right. than I have <laughs> seen anywhere else. I think that's great. Dear listener, I gave you two homework assignments. When have you been so uncomfortable? All eyes on you. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. What are you doing? What's taking you so long? That's one. And the other one is movies that you have not seen because fuck you. It can't be that good or it's your own personal protest. I really want to know. Fill us in. Tell us everything. I'm sorry if I monopolized this entire pod with, with Portland. Have to prep Amy. Have to annoy you. I did my job. I love you so much. Thank you for carrying my bag and putting it in the overhead compartment. Let's make out. This is super fun. Super fun. I love it. Thanks for coming. Thanks for listening. Thanks for showing up for us. We hope we showed up for you. If you're still listening at this point in the podcast, do everybody a service and speak our name out loud to someone else who would enjoy listening to the show. Say, hey, you should listen to Brilliant Observations. Tell them with your mouth. You don't need to share it on social media. You still have connection with other people. The person serving you coffee, you should say, I'm not going to tip you unless you listen to Brilliant Observations. And they will say, bingo, I already do. Say the word, bird. Tell them everything. Spread the word. Love you. Bye. Bye.